Hi everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. You'll notice that your host Jaffer is back this week alongside Podema and Daud and Ali. Everyone say hello. Hi. Hello. Alright. Yeah, so I've, I've missed doing this to be honest, but I did enjoy listening to a couple of the guests that were in addition in recent weeks. Uh, and the topic of conversation as well centering uh, with them, like the Scottish podcast that we did a couple of times. And I'm sure the Rangers fan is really happy to listen to this, that we discussed this team positively. Yeah, and and, we should uh, probably yeah, welcome you guys back as well. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And it is going to be a little bit different today because we aren't actually in the studio. We're doing this um, online. Uh, we've got the Google Meet set up and we've got Audacity set up. We haven't joined uh, Zoom like most people are. But yeah, this. Uh, so apologies if there's any kind of audio quality issues this week instead of bad take issues for everyone listening. Uh, but you know we'll, we'll make our best of it and see how it goes. So how's everyone doing? Yeah, not bad. Fucking just, tired. Everybody <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Just just tired of football, to be honest. Just, yeah, I mean, not, none avoid the season. None avoid the Newcastle season. I mean, fan. we might as well dive right into Bruising. Because our, our first topic of conversation, our first topic of conversation this week is going to be the Steve Bruce debate. Um, you know, it's been a long-standing opinion of Newcastle fans that they don't want Bruce as manager. P- me, personally, I didn't want him as manager the day he was appointed. So now it seems as if the media and the general public are catching up. We're on an eight-game winless streak. The football's as dire as ever. And last night, we made history again by losing to a team that hadn't even won a game all season in Sheffield United, hadn't even kept a clean sheet all season in Sheffield United. So I do want to go to my fellow Newcastle fan first on this one, Khudem. I just... Don't talk to me about the match itself, but please talk to me about Steve Bruce. How, how What's going on here? Can we do anything? Is it just time to sack him? Or is there even any hope at the end of the tunnel with this guy? Steve Bruce is uh, stealing a living as a Premier League manager. He's, his tactics are outdated. His training methods seem to have uh, ran the players into the ground even before COVID. Muscle injuries crept back into the squad immediately after Rafa left. The football's hard to watch. and The way he handles the media is even worse. Just always constantly belittling the team, making them seem out like the underdogs where our squad should actually be challenging for, you know, if I'm being realistic, a 12th to 8th finish, really, with our squad. You know, we've spent money since Rafa left and he's just holding the team back, really. There's nothing positive to say about his tenure at Newcastle. And the match yesterday just exacerbated it even. Well, it reached a point. It hasn't reached a tipping point, but like you say, the, the media and the you know, other fans are starting to take pity on us, whereas before they were trying to tell us that we should be grateful and praising Bruce to the high heavens. Yeah, I mean, we, we all we all know about his terrible football, so I don't want to focus too much on that one today. Um, I did want to. You mentioned on it briefly when you said about the things he's saying in the media. This week he came out and said, "Oh, it's all about this new word rotation that I'm hearing about." So I want to ask you guys: Is is rotation a new concept in football, or is, is Steve Bruce something they're revelatory? <laughs> well, rotation is. Some managers bread and butter, really. I mean, you look at the top managers, you've got Pep Guardiola, who's notorious for rotating sometimes too much. So, and you know, that's brought him success. It's not like uh, it's not like it's a new concept, but you know, tactics, as Steve Bruce says, is not something he does. So, who, who knows what else he doesn't do around the but training ground? And initially, you know, the uh, Chelsea were the the club that used to have the the biggest. Um, size of uh, first-team players that they were constantly rotating. And now, obviously, Man City in the recent times where they all, all they do is buy superstars just to keep on rotating. And they kind of have a, a set first team for 
the cup runs, the Premier League and the Champions League, and you see familiar faces only in certain competitions, unless it's obviously a tactical decision, which uh, Pep recently has been getting. Not, not he hasn't been doing yeah, too yeah, well in the Champions League, especially. That that Guardiola and Steve Bruce are two different coaches at two different clubs. Let's get back to talking about Newcastle and how bad Steve Bruce is doing. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, the, uh, the next thing the next thing he mentioned in his press conference, I did want to also mention, is that he said that he used Ryan Fraser and Steve, uh, Sean Longstaff as two false number 10s. Can you guys yeah. tell me, what's the, what's yeah, the concept the fal- of two, two false number 10s? Exactly. Uh, the false nine, you know, made popular by Guardiola again, like they mentioned him, but false 10s, that's a new one for me. Uh, Steve Bruce is, is elevating uh, the game. He's evolving it, you know, single-handedly. I've, I've, I've never, heard, I've never even heard of one false ten, let alone two false tens. You never see tens like, anymore. Like... <laughs> the traditional ten has gone out of the game. Exactly. Yeah. So Steve Bruce is the innovator, isn't he? He's bringing two false ones instead. No, think... no, Ozil's not getting any football right now. So <laughs> now we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Ozil later on, but just keep it on Newcastle. I think what Bruce has done is he's probably bought some like new toilet paper that's got like football phrases on. So he's just looking, oh, okay, false number 10. I'll just use that next time, see how that goes. And, uh, as as it he, happens, we... Do you think he gets his jokes from the penguin bars? The penguin chocolate bars? <laughs> how was the I penguin chocolate? Probably, <laughs> I think he probably eats those chocolates with the wrappers still on, to be honest. I can't imagine him going... He just probably d- dives straight in. <laughs> Honestly. To be honest, lads, uh, for me, supporting Newcastle has been a lifetime of mediocrity to be honest especially since uh, Ashley came in I was lucky enough to have maybe a couple of years of my form- formative years supporting the team where he wasn't there still and uh, the, the team was always never the best in the country don't get me wrong but there was always an ambition to be amongst the best like whether that was uh, being in the UEFA Cup whether that was challenging for the Champions League the league title challenges were a little bit before my time too young back then but like I feel like Steve Bruce encapsulates the lack of ambition perfectly as a manager and not only that though like with, with Ashley, he's, he's, he's appointed some baffling choices, you know, like John Carver being kept uh, as manager till the end of the season, Steve McLaren. We actually waited for Derby County, uh, waited until Steve McLaren wasn't going to be there, then took him on. So, uh, Joe Kinnear you know, as well. Joe Kinnear coming in from the wild. I hadn't. I remember when Joe Kinnear was hired, I didn't even know how to react because I'd never even heard of him. Did, did anyone Had anyone heard of Joe Kinnear when he was hired as Newcastle manager? No idea. No, but the, the, all the Newcastle fans did kind of warn us and you know, their reaction said it all. And the new yeah. younger fans soon learned why. He used the F word like 52 times in one press conference, I think, when he first came in. So he made a baffling oh, first impression. And the uh, yeah, the, the football never got any better. So it's um, it's it's just it's a bleak moment right now. And I think our fixture list is, is quite tough coming on. So I think the next time we'll, t- we'll focus on Newcastle, it might be a case of uh, a club in the relegation zone. Would you not agree, Ali? Is that where we're headed? Nah. You don't not. think... No, um, the teams will really you a lot worse. That's the way I see it. You know, you've got you've got some quality players which will get you out of that. I don't think Newcastle get relegated. They'll what be a, they'll be there or thereabouts, but I don't see him getting relegated. What about the performance just put in against a, a two point Sheffield United? Though was that not like you know signs of worse things to come? I I, I don't know. Um, Sheffield United, yeah, they they beat Newcastle, so did Derby County. They still got relegated, so who gives a crap about Sheffield United? Well, you know, if you look at the other, if you look at the other teams which are in a relegation zone, do you think they're going to be on top of Newcastle? Will they be above them? Heck no. So, I mean, who's to who's to say? Know. We barely scraped past uh, Fulham, and you know, at the time we played them, they were looking very bad. We had 
a very lucky win against West Brom. So, you know, with Steve Bruce, anything can happen. I mean, look at when we went down under McLaren, we had a much better team. And even, as hard as it is to say, a better manager. But when things don't go your way, a few bad results and morale drops, I can see us easily getting, well, if we're already dragged back into the relegation battle, I can see I us genu- not out. I genuinely think uh, Sheffield United needed this t- this game to get their run going. The amount of times that the commentators and the pundits were saying they were playing like they were in European football. They were playing football that it just seemed everything that they were doing was right. And they were just unlucky that they didn't score more goals. And Darlow had a pretty decent match uh, in goal. And it just seems like it, it's only decent because he keeps on getting uh, a lot of shots thrown at him. So he's got plenty of, time, he's got plenty of um, shots to shine, let's say. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I think uh, Sheffield United might be um, on an upwards run at the moment. And with Newcastle, it just shows that um, Bruce Ball... It's like it's like playing Mourinho park the bus twenty four seven with no actual outlet for a counter attack whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but but despite the fans, um, you know, up, like being upset about the state of the team, and even now the media starting to put pressure on Bruce. Do you actually see him ever getting sacked before we're in the relegation zone? I mean, there was an article that uh, was released by the Chronicle. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but Mike Ashley is kind of reluctant to spend the money it takes to, you know, buy Rusato's contract or whatever, however sacking someone works. And he's still banking on the t- takeover coming in before he makes any, you know, big decisions around the club. Well, he, he didn't hesitate to pay $4 million to, to get um, Steve Bruce out of Sheffield Wednesday, so it's kind of ironic that he doesn't want to pay the money to get him out of Newcastle. Yeah, I, I don't think that he'll be sacked until the rele- relegation is not just a possibility, but like a genuine threat. So we'll be languishing in 18th or 19th. And there'll be like eleven or twelve games left to save the season. It's it's always what Ashley does. Like, as long as the person who's in charge is a yes man and you won't challenge Ashley's authority, you'll keep him around. And only the threat of relegation is probably what's going to cost that manager that job. Um, yeah. So I, I don't see Ashley treating Bruce any differently. If anything, I think Ashley is hoping and praying that there's going to be a, a form turnaround, just so that he doesn't have an excuse to, to actually need to contemplate sacking Bruce. I'm afraid. I, I, I can't see Newcastle getting sold during COVID because Ashley is so stubborn. Uh, he won't take anything less than what he wants, even with the, all the co- uh, the coronavirus um, and, you know, itself being a financial restriction, uh, making money for the club. And I'm guessing Ashley probably wants to uh, milk it as much as he can and try and get an even better yeah. deal. Uh, and that's the problem as well with it. You're saying he's a yes man. Steve, Steve Bruce will probably still be there as long as they're in the Prem because that for him in the overall grand scheme of things is uh, the thing that will actually try and get him get them uh, him to sell the actual club. Yeah, no, I, if, I mean, sorry, Ali, go for Yeah, I was just about to say, if you look at what he did to another club in Scotland, Rangers, you know, he was at the time when Rangers went in administration and he was trying to milk Rangers football club as well. So... Rangers fans kind of see where the Newcastle fans have come from, from that perspective. He's a shrewd so businessman. I, yeah, he's good at what he does. He's good at bring bring money in and like keeping profit margins high. But he's terrible when it comes to football itself. Oh, he is, absolutely. but then he goes and uh, sanctions a forty million transfer for one Joe Linton. How good with money can he be? Do you know what I mean? 
yeah he's off his trolley though to be honest what you're saying Andy, <laughs> I, I agree because Dan mentioned it I think on the previous podcast because I think you guys briefly talked about the Ashley influence at Rangers it wasn't the longest segment but it was it was an interesting listen and for me for once I don't even direct most of my anger at Ashley because this is our fourth season into the Premier League since promotion and when you look at the likes of what Wolves have done what Southampton have done what Leicester have done after gaining promotion not they don't just consolidate themselves as Premier League sides they actually become part of the entertaining identity of the league. They go and compete in Europe. Leicester had that miracle run of winning the, the league and now they're trying to challenge for the Champions League, just narrowly missing out last year. So when you look at all these clubs who, at the time that I started being conscious of football and the standings of all these teams, they were on a much, much lower pedestal than Newcastle. And it, it doesn't take a miracle to come into the Premier League and show yourself as, as a threat. Whereas Newcastle just seem to be happy to exist as a club in the Premier League. Our, our football is easily the most boring. You can't tell me that it's not. And there's nothing about the team at all that I think would get neutrals to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to tune into Newcastle this week, see what they're going to do. You know, they've got some exciting players. We actually do have a good team this time, but they're, they're playing well below their potential, thanks to Steve Bruce. And I think that, to me, is the biggest cause of consternation and why I want him out immediately. Yeah, I mean, there's also the debate, maybe we can have this another time, but who would you even bring in? Or who would even want to take over? Uh, no, I would mention from, from Eddie Steve Bruce. I, yeah, I, I, Eddie Howe is a good shout, but you know would, the reputation of the club was tainted even further once <laughs> Rafa left, and then you know Steve Bruce was what eleventh choice for the job after being you know unable to secure the other candidates. The best so, part of Eddie Howe would be that he already knows Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser's game inside out, so you've already got an advantage there, knowledge of the squad. And but didn't he have a falling out with Fraser? No, no, yeah, Fraser's just um, yeah, it was a falling out, but I don't think it was a falling out based on. Um, Eddie Howe. It was because he didn't want to play football when obviously COVID was happening. He was running out of a contract, so yeah. he didn't want to extend his contract in case he got an injury. I tell you what, where it come from? He didn't want to play football last night. The way he got them two yellow cards, man. Um, <laughs> the, they, what uh, happened, Eddie? Was they, they were this most stupidest? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dad, I've ever I'll, seen. I'll let you have this one, I, but... I, no, no, I, I'm just interjecting uh, in the in the pauses. Sorry, uh, carry on. No, no, go, go for it. Yeah, go, how, what, what do you think of the fouls? I honestly saw them and I just thought they were just so oh, mindless. What did you think of the fans? It seemed like a player he didn't he didn't even want to be on the pitch. I think it's uh, Can you hear me, Jaff? Yeah. Uh, I think there's been a bit of a delay, which is probably the first teething issue uh, that we're having with this recording format. Uh, apologies, Dad. I think your your audio cut off a little bit there. Um, but I did That's get the right. gist of what you were saying that they were incredibly dumb fouls. Um, yeah, so basically, Ali, I know you asked me about this before we started recording. He just went in for 50-50s that weren't necessary. Like, sometimes, if you really want to win the ball and you want to win it in an attacking area, I can understand why yeah. someone would foul just out of a rush. But they were in our defensive third. Um, McGoldrick was passing backwards, not forwards, so there was no need mm-hmm. for him to kick him. And yeah, it was, so just it was really the city setting off, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. And it made me Damn. consider, like, does Fraser actually want to, want to play for, for Bruce? I think Bruce is starting to lose the players a little bit, but we'll see how the, that the manifests is, how, in the, in how the can you respect How can you respect Steve Bruce as a coach when he hasn't accomplished much in, in obviously, the Manjuro aspect? You know, if you had someone like Rafa Benitez, like he did previously, I think it would have been a different game. You know, okay, this guy's won Champions Leagues with Liverpool. He's won stuff at Napoli. He's won something with Chelsea. You know, even the whole Chelsea, the Chelsea board hated him. The players... The staff weren't that keen on him, and the fans, he still won a Europa League with Chelsea. It just shows you how great Benitez was and what, he, what sort of job he did for Newcastle. 
such a valid point, you know, because part of having patience with a manager is if you've got a manager with a proven track record, you're like, well, yeah, it's going to take some time, but he knows what he's doing. Whereas with Bruce, his track record is being, I think, the lowest win percentage of any manager who's managed more than, I don't know, like eight seasons in the Premier League or something like that. Yeah. I haven't got the stat specifically in front of me. Yeah, so it's it's one of it's one of those things, and I am a little bit talked out of Bruce. I do want to move us on to the next uh, segment there, which is um, Mesut Ozil, uh, a player who is Bruce you know, could get him in just, for that number ten position. Oh, the false number ten. <laughs> I think he'd be perfect for it. He's been playing false, false footballer since September. Um, yeah, so we do, we've talked about Ozil a couple of times uh, recently, mostly to do with the fact that he wasn't registered in the squad and the Arsenal could use him. Whereas I think now we have our answer. They don't want him. He doesn't want to be there anymore. So um, his next destination, just going off the transfer rooms, looks to be Fenerbahce. Uh, what do we think of that? I love it. Well, he'd easily be the best player in the league if he went. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm for it. I think it's much needed, uh, you know, notoriety for the league, you know, help the league grow. He's, a, he's, a, he's got a massive following still, you know, both back in Germany and Turkey and even in, in England. Like he's still got a lot of fans, a lot of people on his side. But also, it'd be nice to just see him on the pitch again. He's always one of those players that just seems to have that magic touch, can make things happen. So if he can go back to, you know, falling in love with football again and actually, you know, making things happen on the pitch, that'd be good for everyone. And it seems like a win-win situation, you know, just get him out of Arsenal, out of that toxic yeah. environment and just back to where he wants to be, really. If if you look at yeah, social I mean, media... For me, it's all... Jaffa, go for it. <laughs> Sorry, Ali, you go. No, no. It's no. Jeff we're talking a little. I think it's probably the, the format to be understood. No, I was just going to say I, I agree about bringing notoriety, uh, notoriety to the league. I mispronounced that pretty badly. <laughs> um, <but> the, <laughs> for me, it's like I, I just think I, I don't like it when a player makes this move before before they've like uh, kind of passed their peak. Like if Ozil was thirty-five and doing this move, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair enough. It's, it's pretty cool going back to your homeland and all that kind of thing, but. I just think a player like him shouldn't be packing it in at a high level yet. And I, I wish another team was taking their chance on him. That, that's the only thing I, I feel with Ozil. I disagree with that. can afford him, though. Really, his wages. Go on, Ali. Right. Um, Fenerbahce can't afford him either. Um, they're having some FFP issues. It was in the news recently, actually, if you want to look into that. Um, with Ozil, I think he deserves to go back to right. Turkey and enjoy his, enjoy his life, you know. He looks... He loves Turkey. He's always posting about Turkey on his social media. You know, he's got obviously a relationship with the president Erdogan. You know, go back there. What he accomplished. He's played for Real Madrid. He's won some trophies there. He's won the, won the FA Cup a few times of Arsenal. He's won he's won a damn fucking World Cup. You know, let him go back. You know, he, what else has he got to prove? Yeah, it's, I mean it's true, but I think what Jaff Jaffa was trying to say was that. Ozil still has a lot to offer at the top, top level of football and Fenerbahce I agree. On, on that, really. Let's, let's be real. So, does, if you want to see the best players in the best leagues and the best competitions? I get that, Turkish from clubs a professional have this, uh, aspect, history you have of, to um, Yeah, it'll be interesting it. to see how it works out. Right, go for <laughs> I think it everyone's just talking over each other. Man, this is crazy. It's Dad, a, go for it. I was basically first. saying, I was basically saying a lot of technical issues. I mean, hopefully we're going to get better at this. Uh, I was basically just saying that don't Turkish clubs have a, a history of uh, signing players on uh, short contracts with very, really big wages? Yeah, yeah, they do. It's happened plenty of times before. Yeah, 
So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if that happens again with with Ozil. But it's not it feels a like big he wants to be there. Maybe he'll be willing to take on lower wages to make it happen. You never know. It hasn't. It's not like it's never happened before where a player takes a wage cut to join somewhere he wants to be. I think the the discussion of Fenerbahce, the team, because Turkish clubs have always either had an impact one season in the Champions League or in, in the Europa League, whereas it feels like in the last couple of years, their, their impact in Europe has faded a little bit. So I'm wondering if hopefully, uh, well, apart from Istanbul and here, who seem to be making strides uh, quite strongly, and, uh, you know, just narrowly, well, did they narrowly miss out on prog- progression from the Champions League group, or is it just because they beat Man United that I feel that way? Um, but yeah, No, they just uh, beat Man United. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's but I think with Fenerbahce, of course, it's a very proud club, and I think it was a couple of seasons back where they were like really close to getting relegated, if I'm not mistaken. So possibly they're trying to kind of boost not just their, as you say, Kodama, the, the league's profile, but their own. See if they can maybe challenge for for the league and try and make some headway in the Champions League as well. I agree. Yeah, I mean it'll be in- interesting to see and definitely exciting to watch. But also, uh, it's not a done deal. You know, he might be. Ending up somewhere else. I think he tweeted us all about playing in the MLS to somewhere he wants to, to, wants to yeah. go. He wants to go DC United. That was another rumour going around. Um, but what it looks like, everything's indicated going to give his social media. Plus, he needs to see this from a professional aspect and see how much money he's going to make before he retires. So, what makes no, no, sense for him as well? If that's the case, would he not be better off going to the MLS? It's probably a more guarantee of money, isn't it? Than in Turkey? It is, but after Turkey, can go to the MLS. That's the way I see it. Uh, he yeah. has that, those options. So oh. he's basically like uh, setting up the perfect retirement package, isn't he? <laughs> by, by doing that. Yeah, but you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I see what he's done. You know, he's be, he's done complete bits for Arsenal. He's done great for Germany, even though he's been scapegoated so many times. You know, what else does he need to prove? That's the way I see it. No, yeah, and it's not like money. Money's an issue for him. You know, he can choose whatever league he wants. He sat on his ass for Arsenal, making three hundred and fifty grand a week. So I'm <laughs> sure he can afford a bit of a pay cut to go somewhere yeah, but, he wants to be. But, but the, yeah, one thing I want to say about that is Arsenal fans here whinge and complain about that. What about when Arsenal like sacked like so many members of staff? I want to know what's going on there. You know, they're going to sack their mascot Gunnosaurus or whatever he's called. Also paid for his wages for the year. Like, where's yeah, the justice there? for Gunnosaurus. That's his, justice that's his for staff member. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that just sounds so funny, man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Arsenal. They the second their back, their backroom stuff. Gunasaurus first. Pray for Gunasaurus. He sounds like he a Bojack. He sounds like a Bojack Horseman character. <laughs> I mean, he looks like one as well. To be fair. Uh, yeah, also, that's another interesting dynamic. I think, yeah, I think Ozil just needs to be out of that environment, and he wants to be an Arsenal one and all. It's just a win-win uh, for him to go back to Fenerbahce somewhere he wants to be. But like you say, it's a shame that we won't see him. You know, I mean, how many of us? How many of us watch the Turkish league regularly to be seeing him? We can uh, excuse me. Check I... out BT Sports. You can see it. Yeah, uh, I actually watch uh, some of the big matches. Like, you said, oh, yeah, I'm sure you do. Why was that so Jody uh, that you said that? It's because uh, <laughs> it's because Kadama de- uh, genuinely thinks Man, I don't watch it, enough European football. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to bring it up, but I, I watch it. I quite I watch quite a lot of European football. Uh, so just just point out there. Anyways, no, fair enough. Yeah, just, I'm sure you'll watch plenty of us at the Fenerbahce. Yeah, no, but like for the updates. 
A lot of Leipzig. Just to go back to the doubt. Wait, wait, doubt. <laughs> who won the Turkish Super League last season? Uh, it was. Uh, Are you searching it up or not? Sh- I want to know that. Uh, Besiktas. It was Besiktas. Look, my hands. You can see my hands in the cam. Are you saying you got it wrong then? Yeah. You've got it wrong, mate. It was Istanbul oh, Basaksha. Yeah. There you uh, go. Watch this. I was Turkish a, League. My I was fucking a, ass. You I was in the right. Sit down. I was in the right seat. <laughs> Let Jaffa get back to what he needs to talk about. I was in the right seat, man. Nah, you, you got yeah. five teams in Istanbul. What are you on about? Shut up. You got, <laughs> you got exposed there, Dow. There's no two ways about it. It's funny though, like as a just to touch on to it. It's funny how they won the league last season, but they're massively struggling this season. It's a weird team, Istanbul. Uh, here, like. I think also the Turkish league is probably volatile in nature, isn't it? There's no like one dominant. Yeah. Yeah. One of those things. But just to kind of wrap up on the Ozil discussion, because I, I just want to say what Ali said to me when he said, you know, he, he there's nothing wrong with Ozil going to have a nice, just, you know, play to get paid and there's no, like, not to compete. Yeah, in one sense, you're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I just think, you know, that that's the easy route for a footballer like Ozil. He's already achieved a lot of things. Uh, well, yeah, I think is it just the Champions League, isn't it? The major trophy that he hasn't won. Um, yeah. In the Europa League. Like the League. Too. Obviously, he's not going to lose any sleep for not winning the Europa League. Um, it's. Uh, I just think that Ozil, he, he could be still be a contributor to a high-level team at a Champions League team. So for him to take that route, it, it disappoints me a little bit. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with it from a, a his decision point of view. That's absolutely fine. I just wanted to see him, uh, you know, compete a bit more. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, on we wrap up the Ozil situation. Yeah, uh, of course. So the next segment I want to talk about. So PSG. Um, sacked uh, Thomas Tuchel recently and um, hired Pochettino in his place, you know, a move that, to be honest, I didn't really see the uh, Tuchel, uh, Tuchel sacking coming, like, them hiring Pochettino makes a lot of sense, but Thomas Tuchel leaving, did, did that surprise anyone? I saw actually, it, I, I saw I, it from a mile away. Ali actually called it two weeks beforehand. I called it miles away, man. Yeah. Leonardo and um, Tuchel were having issues um, off the pitch, obviously, with signings or whatever, and there was some, like, beef going on, it was, like, Crips and Bloods, it was really weird. So they were there giving interviews, slagging each other off. So it was about to come. And if you're working, if you're working under Leonardo, you know you better work with that guy because he was at AC Milan sacking people, and he came back to PS3 sacking sacking managers, which weren't working well with him. And I think Poch will work well there because he played for the club, he knows the club inside out, and I think he knows what the ambitions are. That Champions League trophy, the Gareth Bale trophy, those years. Can't argue with that. <laughs> It was a bit weird to see the um, similarities between Poch's like end, the end of his time at Tottenham and Tuchel's end of uh, end of his time at PSG, where they both made the Champions League final just before they didn't win it. They started off the league a bit slowly. Granted, PSG's position isn't as, wasn't as bad as, as Pochettino's when he started off the season after the Champions League final, but you know easier league and you know much bigger favourites. But uh, both ended up just. The players just seem to lose momentum once once they lose the Champions League final. I wonder if that's going to be a thing from now on, where the team that doesn't win the Champions League final just ends up, you know, losing the energy, and the, and the manager gets to sack a few like, months later. Like the World Cup curse, you know how every team just like drops in the group stages from the World Cup and they don't win it. Like afterwards. yeah, similar to that, similar to that. So like that, it's two yeah. seasons in a row now. It'll be interesting to see who doesn't win the Champions League this season. So Liverpool, who lost the final in 2018, then won it in 2019. There's it books that trend. Um. Well, that was before this. That was before. Uh, so was what before. Is mad? 
That that was my guy, Kyrie's making blunders like me on this podcast. <laughs> so for me, like uh, you mentioned, that the Pochettino uh, app- appointment is more towards can they finally win the Champions League? But do you guys think he's also got a challenge to win the league this year? I mean, in recent seasons, it's been a given, hasn't it, that it's going to be PSG's to lose. But right now, uh, Lyon are top. The same games played, they're only on top by one point. Do you think it's just a formality that you know by default PSG is going to win it anyway, or is Lyon a, ser- a serious threat there? No, I think PSG will. Oh, sorry, Ali, you go ahead. Nah, ladies first. (laughs) Right then, you stop. You stop. Nah, that's why I'm letting you go. All right, fair enough. I'll I'll take the courtesy. Oh, go on. I'll take the courtesy. Go on. (laughs) I was going to say that I don't see them not winning the league. I think Nemo's back tonight. I think for the for the cup final, Uh, and you know he's been out for a while, and once he's back into the team, they're just going to steamroll pretty much everyone. So I think. Come May or whenever the season finishes, if it does finish at all, I think they'll be top comfortably, as usual. Yeah, I mean, Leon look legit. I mean, PSG have lost four games in the league so far. Leon have only lost the one. Uh, Dal, do you not think that they've got what it takes to win the title? Uh, I do, and I, I feel like it's because Poch will... It's purely because Poch will take time to get PSG to what he, he wants them to play as. Um it, it took a while for Poch to actually get Spurs up and running. And I think the only difference will be is, one, money is probably a lot more readily available uh, for the Poch project. Um, and two, uh, the players, uh, the potential, the breadth, the width <laughs> uh, is a lot is there uh, already for PSG to work with compared to what he had uh, initially starting with Tottenham. And Tottenham, it, it, it was a project for him. And to be honest with you, a lot of the players that have... Um, have come through. He's nurtured to becoming as good as they have been, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do with PSG. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm glad that you've mentioned uh, the, his squad options because one rumor that's always been around PSG uh, is that you know Mbappe is just there until you know a couple of seasons, and then Real Madrid will be the, you know a big transfer for him. Considering that Real Madrid, you know, Benzema's probably only got a couple of seasons left at the top, if that. And obviously, everyone knows not just the potential of Mbappe, but the current ability of Mbappe. So he's ready to contribute. So do you think the appointment of Pochettino is going to safeguard some of PSG's superstars? Like Neymar and Mbappe will stick around because it's Pochettino? Or is he not really that big of a name uh, you know, to, to, keep that, to keep that squad together? Uh, I, no, I don't see it happening. Yeah, the of Barcelona well. and Real Madrid will, will always be there. And you know, Real Madrid have snatched players from Liverpool, from United, Man United at their peak. From Bayern Munich, they'll just always be the biggest club in football. And it doesn't matter who you have at the helm. If Real Madrid come knocking, you're I, probably going to answer that call. I, I, would, I, I, is I would have to correct you saying Man call. United are obviously the, the biggest football club in the world. But yeah. Oh, shut up about Manchester United. Nobody cares, right? <laughs> Look, I'll actually make us, I'll make us point um, before we do to discuss anything else. Um, you did discuss Lyon can't be challenging for the league. I don't think that because they might be losing players. Like De- Depay might be going to Barca unless you want they want to lose them on a free transfer. And obviously, Ligue 1 aren't getting the same sponge- sponsorship that they were getting before. To be honest, so I can see Lyon losing some players. It's very topical that you've just mentioned that there because they tonight they lost Moussa Dembele to Atletico Madrid and brought in Islam Slimani. So already there's a chance. There we go. Yeah. What was I saying? Nobody cares about Manchester United, Dowd, so don't talk about it, and I'm always right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... No. Okay, what about then the, the key question with PSG? 
is, does the appointment of Pochettino significantly boost their hopes of winning the Champions League? Yes, yes. I think it does. I think he's, he's a great manager. He knows how to get a team to mold them into the way he wants to play. You know, we saw what he did at Southampton, we saw what he did at Tottenham. It might take time, but like I would mention, you know, that the money is more readily available, so maybe that project will, will accelerate the project. And to be honest, I don't actually hate PSG the same way a lot of fans do. It's, you know, they're, they bought their success. You know, they're an exciting team. I love watching Neymar, unbelievable player. And I think I'd like to see them win the Champions League. You know, as a Newcastle fan, I don't really have any dog in the fight, so I don't really want anyone to win it. But there's some clubs... Manchester United that I'd, I'd never want to see win but everyone ah, else thanks. I, don't re- I don't really care they, they took care of that for nobody us. likes Manchester United here yeah they took care of that by bottling their group for us and uh, we're all very grateful for that um, to be honest I'm going to disagree a bit though I, I, I actually think that Thomas Tuchel he, you know he got close enough with the final yes it was different circumstances with them uh, you know being one-legged ties rather than two-legged but you know, Pochettino isn't a notorious winner at this stage of his career. Yes, he's a very talented manager, and I, I won't discredit anything that he's accomplished. But the, the art of winning trophies, you know, it's it's not so easy to come by. And uh, PSG, I don't think they're ready. And Pochettino, I think he, he probably needs a couple of like key world-class additions into that team first. I, I don't think they'll win it this season, just to kind of make that prediction from now. Um, you know, I don't think they'll do it this season, but I going do think... It can happen under Pochettino, for sure. I don't think Manchester United will win this season either. <laughs> They're going to have to retain Mbappe and Neymar and add some talent on, I think, for, in order for Pochettino to, to, to make that happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye out. Now, I do want to hand over the hosting duties to Kodama uh, temporarily because we've got the next segment coming up. We're just going to you know, do something a little bit uh, different. We're going to play a little bit of Would You Rather. So, Kodama said he's got some prepared for us. So, yeah, let's hear. Yeah, I mean, we've all dreamt of being footballers. We all still dream of being footballers, let's be honest. Uh, so, I've got some questions that, you know, would be proposed in, in the position as if you were a footballer, what would you... Or some of them are as a fan as well, to be fair. But just to see what you'll take, what you guys... How you'll answer these Would You Rather questions, you know, pretty simple format. So, you know, we'll take it in turns, you guys... You know, can explain your reasonings for, for picking one. Uh, so, yeah, I'll start off with the first one. Right, so this one's maybe more of a question for, for Jaffa as, you know, Dowd and Wakar already support Champions League participating teams, but say you've, your team makes Europe for the first time and possibly the last time in a while, would you rather get an easy group to progress or get all the glamorous ties like Barcelona, you know, Real Madrid, you know, Bayern Munich, PSG and that sort of so, uh, that, uh, I don't even think about that one. Easy group to progress, man. Because, the yeah, you're right. There, there is the prestige of facing big teams and things like that. But at the end of the day, the one thing that I always want for Newcastle United going into every single season is winning a trophy. And it's it's a very unrealistic expectation, as, as we know. But uh, yeah, if Newcastle were to miraculously qualify for the Champions League, I don't care about Barcelona. Give me Dinamo Kiev. Give me Luda Goretz. Give me uh, Slavia Prague. All those unfashionable... Give you Manchester United, yeah? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, the rules would not permit that since they'll be from the same nation. But yeah, just give me all the easy ties. Okay, fair enough. And get Newcastle to progress. And then we'll smash Man United in the final. That's my dream. There you go. Oh, fair enough. Fair. What about you, Ali? I mean, you're a Liverpool fan, so you want an easy group or do you want harder groups to you know, keep easy it interesting? Group, hard group, does it, does it really matter? You know, Liverpool have had both. Uh, you know, had... 
had easy groups um, struggling out of them, had hard groups and came out of them pretty easy. So for a Liverpool fan, I don't give a crap. Fair enough. I want to ask out, but they got an easy group this year and didn't manage to progress, so I don't know. What, what's your, <laughs> what's your yeah, take on that? I, I refuse to comment. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Uh, bring on the next. All right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so this is a, uh, you know, a tough one that I found. And I don't really know how to answer this. Would you rather, as a football player, say you make it professional, would you rather peak very highly for a short period of time, say two seasons, three seasons at the most, or would you rather remain slightly above average for the majority of your career? So, like, to give you like maybe like you know a Kaka where you know his peak was really high and then injuries plagued the rest of his career, or maybe like. I don't know, James Milner, you know, he's won trophies, he's been consistent for years. Who would you, would you rather pick? Uh, Whoever wants to go first. I first on this would, one. Uh, oh, sorry, Doug. Um, go on, you, you go first for this one, Doug. Go on. Sorry, Jeff. Um, I would want to do, I want to peak. And the only reason why is, um, I still remember Swansea's uh, peak strikers, Um Obviously, meet you. Meet you. Nice to meet you. And when Bonnie was an absolute beast, um, and I, I honestly I can't get those uh, seasons out of my head. So I'd rather be um, playing for a mid-level to bottom tier club and having absolute class season for a couple of seasons and being uh, integrated into the history books of that town or city. Not fair enough. Interesting looking at it. What about you, uh, uh, Jaffa? You can go next. Yeah, to, to me, I definitely want the short peak because I want to be on a, um, the Streets Won't Forget YouTube compilation video. That, that's <laughs> going to be the whole. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, I am being serious though, but the only thing that scares me about that question is after I reach that peak, am I going to be an absolutely terrible meme of a footballer or can I just be a standard player that plays for, like, I don't know, Brighton every week and nobody even notices them? Like, or am I just going to be someone who's laughed at for how bad I am after how, how I was really class for a couple of seasons? So, yeah, this game. I mean, it, it, it depends, isn't it? I mean, it could be injuries like Kaka or like, you know, and Ronaldo, the Brazilian, or it could be absolute memes like Royston Drenthe, Real Madrid, where, you know, promising youth career and then absolute <laughs> meme of a footballer afterwards. So, you know, it's a, it's a dangerous one to take. What about you, Ali? Um, I'd peak early. You know, um, obviously I was born in Newcastle, but I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, the footballer that got me into football was Michael Owen. Um, he's a bit of a dingbat right now, but he was one quality player, man. Like that guy. Like I want to be Michael Owen when I was a kid. I want to be a. I want to be him. Girls want to be with him. That's that's <laughs> it. You know. No, no, um, that's I, it. I, he's I, always been a bit of an odd bloke. Like he doesn't even like movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he was the last Englishman to win a ballon. Yeah, also, who but it, it's been probably uh, because of his true. injuries. He's pro- he was injured most of his career. He had a plenty of time to watch enough movies in his lifetime. With the example of Michael Owen, he's an example of a, a guy who did have a short peak, but it was longer than a couple of seasons. Won it. He was world-class for at least seven, eight seasons before his, his decline. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. yeah, true, yeah. true. All right, on to the next one. Would you rather lose the league on the last day of the season, it's absolute heartbreak, and your rivals lose the Champions League final in the same season, or would you rather win the league on the final day of the season, but then see your rivals win the Champions League that following se- in the same season? Ali, you can go first. Ah, mm. man, 
Would I want to see another team win the Champions League more than Liverpool? Do I want that? That's the thing. Um, I'd I'd probably go for the first option, just right. because I've been through that already. You know what I mean? So, like Liverpool yeah, yeah, have lost the league many times on the last day or like the last week of the, the season, and they went on and won like trophies and whatnot. So I'd go with that because that's what I've I've had as an experience of a Liverpool fan. Fair enough. Yeah, I guess you can speak from experience on that one. What about you, uh, Jacob? It's a tough one because you're asking me to shift the dynamic of Newcastle and Sunderland completely from clubs who usually laugh at each other because the other got relegated now to clubs who would be bragging over the other because one of them won a more, a more coveted competition. Like as, as much of a dream world as a dramatic Newcastle league win would be, I don't want to then tune in a week later and see Sunderland lift the Champions League trophy. I think that would be too much for me to handle and it would probably dilute the Newcastle achievement somewhat as well. So, yeah, I would rather lose it, to be honest. I don't want to see any Mackhams loving life and winning the Champions League. Hell no. Not for me. Oh, wow, fair enough. That's, a, That's how I feel. It's a brave decision, you know. I think I would still take the league title. I think I'd, it's enough consolation wow. for me. Yeah, Damn. I mean, it's enough consolation. I mean, you know, I can cry about Man, it to my... fuck that. Fuck my rivals. I'd rather want Manchester United to win more, more Champions League than Liverpool. Fuck no. Do I want Man City to win a, a Champions League? No. Right? They don't deserve it, right? Liverpool are more successful team in freaking Europe and it's going to stay like that. The discussion that. is different all right, all right. about those level of clubs compared to Newcastle and Sunderland. Yeah, that's true. Anything. That's true. But I just, I just feel like losing on the final day of the season is worse than losing the Champions League final because at the final, you could say at least we made it. I think... Whereas the chap, like the, that season is just absolutely heartbreaking. All those months of hard work just gone away. Yeah. So it's just... I know. It reminds me of um, this FM player um, who lost... Uh, on the last day. Oh my <laughs> days! All right, you know, for those who don't know, FM uh, for those <laughs> that's why yeah. a bit of background. For those who don't know, Jeff. Yeah, for those who don't know what we're talking about, we um a, a few lads did a, a group save on Football Manager a, a couple of years back, and uh, Doubt, Podema, and myself were part of that save, and uh, we all picked the big six, uh, the top six in the Premier League, and went about our way. And uh, we all pretty much faltered and there was a lot of laughter, apart from Khudama, who actually got to the final day of the season within a chance of winning the league. And c- Can you remind everyone what happened, please? <laughs> all I needed to do was was draw. Was draw on the final day of the season. Which team were you again? It was and I ended up losing... City. I was Man City. Yeah. And I ended up losing, I believe, in the last <laughs> 10 minutes of the game against Arsenal from the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Damn! He was top. Was, he was top of the season is, for ages. The lowest, the lowest point in my life. <laughs> to be honest, it doesn't get much lower than that. Anyway, moving on. You should have listened to, to me. Next, would you Damn. rather? You should have. You should have put your centre forward, the tallest guy, up front for the last ten minutes and played. Uh, my my centre forward was up front. You, you mean my centre back? <laughs> centre back. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just laughing. That's why. Um, all right, move, got, move on. Moving on, moving on, moving on. And the one centre forward to play up front from Dowd. That's a genius tactic. Yeah, Steve Bruce needs to, you know, learn from, from Dowd's FM save for sure. What can I say? For me, it, okay. it would be... Moving on to the next one. Oh, yeah, you haven't answered, sorry. All right, I mean, we could just skip past it if you want. I don't go, go for it. Well, I mean, I was going to say, do you remember when... Uh, Loads of United fans were coming out and saying, "Well, oh, we'd hate Liverpool to win for the Premier League. We'd rather see Man City win it." Which, um, at the time, I was so Fuck I was so you. conflicted about it. 
Uh, and honestly, uh, even on the Man United fan channels, a lot of um, fans were saying, oh, we'd 100% rather see um, the Blues of Man- uh, Manchester uh, win it than, than the smug Liverpool fans. Um, and to be honest with you, I then remember when Aguero scored on the final day and obviously clinched the title from us. Um, I'm a bit conflicted. Um, however, I'd rather see. I'd rather lose on the last day and then see my rivals lose the Champions League and then laugh at them. Personally, that's just yeah, me though. That makes sense. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. I guess I'm the odd one out in this one. All right. So back back to the perspective as a footballer. Would you rather score 15 goals in one season and get zero assists? Or would you rather assist 25 goals and score none yourself? Dow, do you want to go first since you went last last time? Um, you see, to be honest with you, whenever I score goals in real life, I usually score absolute bangers. Uh, so 15 bangers. <laughs> potential po- what goals you Potential <laughs> Puskas. Uh, I'm going to go with that, you know, because uh, I just, with my track record, I think I could probably get a Puskas uh, YouTube hit uh, uh, probably a viral video somewhere. So yeah, fifteen goals for me. Is the position uh, striker? Is the position striker? No, I, I'm a defender, yeah, so even even yeah, better. Yeah, let's go. Let's go from the perspective of a striker for sure. Well, I, I don't want to be a striker who scores no goals in a season. That that would be tragic. Everyone will think of me as a playmaker, <laughs> which if, if it was my position, fair enough. Now I, I'd go for the fifteen goals, man. You can't beat the feeling of scoring a goal on five a side. So imagine what that feeling must be like on top-level professional football. And I, I want to get that feeling 15 different times. Yeah, assisting is fun, but uh, I'm just going to imagine that someone else on the squad is taking care of that with my zero assist. I don't need to give anyone the ball. Let me just score the goals. That, that's definitely what I'd go for. Yeah, fair enough. Ali? Well, there's no chance I could snap someone's legs off instead. <laughs> get like five red cards or something. I'd prefer that. Ali, so <laughs> would you rather be Lee Catamore or Lee Catamore? They can't want to be me, man. Right? He looks up to me. Those Mackins look up to me, right? Let's not talk about them. But not in all seriousness. Um, I want to obviously score the goals because that's who gets the glory, you know. Yeah, I agree. You know, the team can uh, can help themselves. I'm I'm out here for myself. My career is short. I don't want to be remembered as some guy that didn't, especially as a striker who, who went a whole season without scoring. But um, yeah, okay. On to the next one. Would you so back in the you know in the fans in the fans' eyes? Would you rather go to twenty five? Okay, this is pre COVID as well. Obviously now this this question wouldn't really work. But would you rather go to twenty five percent of your team's games each season and be unable to watch the other remaining seventy five percent in any way? So no TV, no streams, nothing. Or would you rather watch all of them on the TV, but you're never allowed to go to the stadium again? I don't know about. I mean, this doesn't really work. This doesn't really work for Wakar and Dowd because I don't think they've ever been to any of their team's home games, have they? <laughs> Correct, I've been out. What are you talking about? Oh, fair enough. Just, just Dowd then. Just Dowd. You know. Yeah, that's a tough one. Tough one for me. I don't. I, I don't know what I'll go with. To be you're saying you're saying never go to the stadium again. Uh, that's nah, that's a big one. Uh, this is the first. But then you'd miss out on seventy-five percent of your team's games every season. Yeah. Unable to watch This them. is the first one you've got me properly conflicted, to be honest. But I, I want to see my team, so I'll probably go, go with the team, uh, TV option, to be honest. Yeah. Ali? Um, you know what? TV option is great, but 
even when I've been in Newcastle games, I've been in quite a few Newcastle games. Um, you can't beat the atmosphere. I kind of, I kind of want to embrace that. Like before I got married, what I would love to do is go to Germany, watch a lot of Bundesliga games because the atmosphere is just crazy. So I'd probably go with the twenty-five percent of um, the games being watched live in the stadium rather than watching streams and whatnot. Yeah, I agree. I think the the, the feeling in the stadium is uh, is unmatched. And it's it's unique. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? Is if I can't watch them live, you know, there's no one to say I can't, you know, watch them a match of the day. So that would, uh, I'll, I'll just do that. I find myself a loophole. Daoud, what's the Old Trafford atmosphere like in person? Uh, <laughs> 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 you see, I haven't had the opportunity because, uh, you know, um, just life, you know, uh, it's just timing. Um, however, I have watched Man United live in the stadium. Okay, if that if counts. Dreams of Park, yeah? yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the new guy the, isn't that the game where you lost three 0 and Kabai scored an absolute worldie of a free kick. Doubt, doubt. That's your this. only memory of watching your team live. Jeez, no, no. that's a sad one. Doubt. Listen to this. I watched Liverpool and Napoli in Scotland. Just telling you that right now. Okay. Exactly. A true fan will find a way. Just saying, it's not like we live too far away from Manchester either. No, no. But I'm just saying. Um, you know, life was hasn't permitted me yet. That's all. That's, that's the only reason, to be honest with you. Compl- uh, I, I mean, to be fair, I, I have been um, a bit. Uh, well, I, I've been looking into different ways to experiencing the match, uh, watching it on the TV. So there's obviously Sky Sports 3D. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, that was quite entertaining. That <laughs> genuinely feel like I was there. Uh, I don't know if you've got surround system. Uh, I, I genuinely. Uh, I heard uh, Gary Lineker in the box behind me. Um, that's probably because the camera was there um, when, the, obviously, it was a live match. So, possibly, um, I'm just looking at other ways just to be creative. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, so what would you pick? What would you pick, then? Watching on TV? or You can't pick anything, can you? Uh, yes. Probably watch on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I've got more, but we'll uh, we'll save them for another time, maybe, and uh, you know, hopefully, this whole COVID thing, you know, sorts gets sorted out soon. You know, Just and fans will be back allowed into the stadium. But I'll hand it back over to Jaffa to wrap things up. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just COVID; it's just generally the, the lockdown, because uh, you know we can still record in the studio with COVID in the picture. Uh, but yeah, I do agree. I just want COVID gone. To be honest, that's the, that's the main thing. Uh, you know, so thank, thanks for joining us, lads. It's been nice to have a comeback, and hopefully, we do get some additional guests in the future as well. We'll never rule that out to, to get some different perspectives. Uh, yeah, and it's been fun. Uh, Dowd, as always, can you let us know where we can follow the the three four three football podcast elsewhere? Of course. Um, so, like Jaffa said, uh, apologies if uh, if this episode doesn't come out as well. We'll obviously continuously be working hard to try and get it as studio quality as we have been. Um, so it's just a work in progress but yes yeah, so the socials um, as always uh, follow us and subscribe also share with your friends um, the YouTube channel um, The Dressing Room also obviously on all major podcast hosting sites so such as pod, um, such as Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts Stitcher and more and follow us on our Facebook group where you can find out straight away if we, when we post an episode so it's just the dressing room and on Instagram, the dressing room nine and Twitter, TD room nine. So yeah, thank you guys. Brilliant guys. See you next time. Cheers. Thank you. Adios. <laughs>